0: Hey, how's everybody doing? Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. After taking last week off, I'm finally going to be talking about ESPN's way too early top 25 rankings for college basketball. Haven't talked college basketball in a long time, uh, but I'm very excited to kind of look through their list, give my thoughts on the teams, Uh, a lot of good returning players this season, and a lot of emerging teams with some good freshmen. Uh, So we're going to break it all down, kind of going through their list, the projected starters, uh, all of that. Again, took last week off uh, because, you know, there's 4th of July focused on work, and there just wasn't much news coming out in the sports world. There's a lot of talk on Kevin Durant uh, and NBA free agency, and I feel like I've done run the mill through uh, the NBA free agency episode, so I didn't want to repeat content, just keep uh, talking about the same thing for episodes. I don't like doing that. Um, I like talking about new things, uh, and this is certainly something that I've been eyeing. I've teased it at the end of a couple episodes, and I'm finally getting it to you guys. Let's just hop straight into it. Now, the big thing for me, at the end of last season, obviously North Carolina had a fantastic run in the NCAA tournament, lost to Kansas, unfortunately, in the championship game. But bringing back four out of five starters from that run, will they be number one preseason? There are a lot of good teams out there. You know, you got Gonzaga, got Kentucky with Oscar Shebue, but ESPN, according to them, as of June 28th, will be. The number one team in the country to start this season. And you know what? I agree with it. I think they've earned it. You got Armando Baycock coming back. That was the first domino to fall uh, in all of them announcing their return. Average 16 and a half points per game, 13 rebounds. He is a walking double double, had 31 last season. He will be a National Player of the Year candidate for sure. But the, the two big differences one, you're bringing back both guards. Now, the reason I think UNC struggled at the start of last season, and really until we hit the final stride, beating Duke and Cameron, that's really where I think uh, the ball got rolling for this team to start playing well together, is I thought Caleb Love and R.J. Davis were were being given the same responsibilities. They were both being asked to play point guard and distribute the ball while also having to score. I think that changed around that Duke game, around that time, and R.J. Davis became the point guard. Caleb Love became the shooting guard, who could obviously handle the ball as well, but Davis was more focused on the facilitating love. but was asked to just score and, and drop buckets. And that's exactly what happened. And I think that worked out so well. So the fact that you bring that backcourt back and it remains intact, going to be huge for this UNC squad. Uh, obviously Leaky black coming back. That's their ACE defender. Any points that he adds in the game is, is a bonus because uh, he just locked up some of the ACC's best last season. Hell, Darion C brought to two points, um, Michael DeVoe, who averaged like 20 a game for Georgia Tech, locked him up. A.J. Griffin was a complete ghost uh, in the two games that UNC beat Duke, uh, mainly uh, the final four. Uh, I mean, A.J. Griffin was nowhere to be seen. That's why I had doubts about him uh, going into into the league. But you got to give Leaky Black his credit. He's one of the best defenders in the country, especially on the perimeter. Now, the second big thing, who is going to fill Brady Mannix's role? You know, you got Puff Johnson who played very well in the championship game. He would have been an unsung hero if we won. Dontre Styles showed some good minutes. Got some freshmen coming in. You know, Jalen Washington, that's an option. But Hubert Davis, being the great recruiter that he is, goes out and gets Pete Nance from Northwestern. Average 14.6 points per game. Shoots above 40% from three. He's versatile. He's athletic. The brother of Larry Nance Jr. in the NBA. And he is going to fill in that role so nicely for Brady Manick, who we will deeply miss. Not as good of a shooter as Brady Manick, in my opinion. Not as much knockdown as as Manick was. But I think he's going to be more athletic. I think he's going to be a better defender. And surely he'll be a little bit better of a finisher around the rim. Um, But I think this is a great get for UNC. And this pushes them over the top for me, over Gonzaga, because you finally get... Um, after striking out on a couple transfers, you know, Terrence Shannon was rumored, uh, Matthew Meyer was rumored as well to come to UNC, he was the, I mean, obvious Brady Manic replacement, but Pete Nance uh, makes this one of the best, if not the best, starting five uh, in college basketball, so because of the guards staying intact with that backcourt, uh, and Pete Nance coming in to fill in the four spot for Brady Manic. I think this makes UNC the best team heading into the college basketball season. And I didn't even mention the freshmen. Seth Trimble, really, really good four-star recruit. Uh, Tyler Nickel, and then DeMarco Dunn is going to work on uh, a pretty lackluster freshman season, but uh, I love a sh- I love a shot for him. I think he can really score the ball. Uh, he just needs to gain some confidence. So this is going to be a very deep UNC team, and it's going to be just star studded, and it all starts with Armando Baycott. Uh, but look for this team to be right back in the Final Four. I'm not just saying that because I'm a UNC fan, but I deeply believe it bringing back uh, your championship core beating Duke in the final four this will be one of the teams to beat for sure now let's go to number two you got Gonzaga you know big thing here Drew Timmy coming back for another season average 18 last year they got knocked out in the sweet 16 to Arkansas Chet Holmgren got in some foul trouble you won't have him this year uh, but you bring back receiver Bolton, bring back Julian Strother. They both average above 11 points per game. The big get Malachi Smith averaged 20 points at Chattanooga. That is a massive get for Mark Few. He's a really, really good guard who can score um, because this team obviously is missing a point guard, you know. Uh, Andrew Nemhard was really, really good for Gonzaga. Uh, he could shoot, you know, he could score, but he was such a good floor general. And it showed he was the first pick in the second round after shooting up draft boards in the in the draft process. Uh, they're really going to miss them hard They're going to need some guys to step in. Maybe Nolan Hickman, Hunter Salas, um, some former really good recruits for, for Mark Few. Maybe they can step into that point guard role. But as long as they got Drew Timmy, they're going to be one of the best teams in college basketball. However, I'm opposed to giving them the number one spot because they need to earn it in my opinion. They have had really good teams through in the past decade pretty much and I feel like a lot of the times they're just handed number one and they never lose because of the competition that they play, especially when it comes to conference time and they've done they've gotten better with this because they started playing really good non-conference teams at the start of the season and then they eventually lose a couple because you know, um, Aside from that perfect year with uh, Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, and all of them, it's, it's it's very hard to beat a string of really good teams at the start, especially with these little invitational tournaments. Uh, but I think Gonzaga two is perfect. Let's have them earn it. Let's not hand them it. Uh, being in a in a OK conference, I'm not saying it's a bad conference. It's a very good conference uh, for a non power five conference. You got BYU, you got San Francisco. Um, but yeah, I think Gonzaga two is perfect. Uh, Houston is put at three here. Uh, I think Houston's going to be really good this year. They were phenomenal last year without two of their best players. Marcus Sasser's coming back. Tremont Mark is coming back. Uh, Jamal Sheed was very good for them last year. This is going to be just, again, just like last year, a very good defensive team. But they finally got some offensive firepower back because Marcus Sasser can shoot the ball from anywhere on the court. Uh, he actually removed his name from the draft pretty, um, not, not last minute, but with a few weeks remaining in that process, he was being looked at as a potential second rounder, but he's going to be the star of the squad. Tremont Mark is also very good. I already mentioned his name. Um, but if this team can stay healthy with one of the best coaches in Kelvin Sampson, uh, look for them to again, make a run in this tournament lost in the elite eight to Villanova last year. Uh, And not to mention Jairus Walker, number 10 uh, in this incoming class, uh, they get a really good five-star freshman. So Houston's going to be very dangerous because, again, they always play good defense. They're a grit and grind team, uh, but getting the offensive firepower back, like I said, with with Sasser is going to make the team a little different like last year. Uh, Kentucky at four, you know, Kentucky's going to be good again, bringing back Oscar Shibway national player of the year is really going to help. Uh, Xavier Wheeler, very good point guard would like for him to work on a shot a bit though. I think that was kind of a weak point for him. And then you're bringing in some, you know, some, just some freshmen, just like always, you know, uh, you got two guys in the top 20, Chris Livingston. Uh, Kaysen Wallace bringing in Antonio Reeves 20 points per game at Illinois State Uh, don't know too much about him that's just what this projected lineup says Um, and then obviously Jacob Toppin coming back Uh, I I think that's a name to look out for off the bench but Kentucky again just like I believe Armando Baycott makes UNC automatically a contender same with Oscar Shibway Oscar Shibway is a rebounding machine that loss to St. Peter's was very uncharacteristic I think a healthy Tai Tai Washington would have had that be a different story, but uh, Shibwe is surely going to look to run it back to be player of the year. He's going to be rivaling Cut. I would love to see that matchup again because, man, they completely whooped us uh, when we played them last year, our worst game of the season for sure. Now next, putting Duke at five. Obviously, you know, I'm going to keep Bias out of this. I think this is a good placement for them. Uh, they lost a lot of guys. They lost a lot of people, obviously losing Paolo, Mark Williams, A.J. Griffin. They lost five really key players. The only player coming back, uh, Jeremy Roach, who had a very nice end to his season. Uh, But the freshmen are really dangerous this year, I think. Uh, Derek Whitehead really, really impresses me. He was the McDonald's All-American MVP. You obviously got Derek Lively, number one recruit in the class. He's going to jump in there at center. Uh, But then the big get for them, well, two really, uh, Jacob Grandison coming from Illinois, uh, average under 10 points per game there. I think, you know, he's a very, very good shooter. I think he's going to fill into this lineup really well. This is a very underrated get for John Shire in his first year. And then uh, Tyrese Proctor reclassing a five-star guard uh, to, from 2023 to 2022. I think he's going to be huge as well. But this is going to be another Duke team that's young uh, with a lead guard in Jeremy Roach, who's uh, a junior. And you know they're going to make some noise. They're going to be very good, but I don't see this team winning a championship by any means. I think Grandison's leadership could help. Uh, he's going; to, it's going to be his fifth year, so I think that's why that's also a big, pur- uh, big pickup, not purchase, uh, big pickup because uh, get some leadership in there for a very young squad. I think that's what has kind of been one of Duke's Achilles' heels is that they're so young they don't really have a guy to lead them. Um, and it's again, it's it's hard for a team of freshmen to win a national championship. It hasn't been done that many times, but this Duke came, Duke uh, obviously reloaded, uh, going to be very good yet again, but I question whether they can put it all together for a championship, especially in John Shire's first season, but you never know. Now, the running defending champs, Kansas, going to run through, uh, I'm going to go through six through 10 real quick uh, and then give my thoughts on them how to go deep into the top five, but Kansas is at six, again, defending national champions, uh, Creighton at seven, got Baylor at eight, UCLA at nine, Arkansas at 10, going back to Kansas, uh, this team I think is a little too high, I think it's fair to put them this high because they just won the national championship, but losing Ochai Baji and Christian Braun, uh, very, very, very big deal, uh, you get Kevin McCuller from Texas Tech getting Jalen Wilson back, who is looking uh, into the draft process. Uh, And then Grady Dick, uh, number 14, uh, in ESPN's top 100. I just don't think that's enough to make him a top 10 team, and I think it's going to show. I just don't know where the offensive firepower comes from. Uh, DeJuan Harris is a really good defender, but I just think he lacks the offensive production of a starting guard. Um, So I think this is a little too high for, for Kansas, and there are some teams below this, I would probably put above them one being Creighton. I think Creighton is really underrated and I think people are noticing it, uh, because in that champion or not championship in the tournament run last year, uh, they did not have Ryan Nemhard. They did not have Ryan Kalbrenner. Those guys averaged 11 and 13 points respectively. Trey Alexander really showed up for them. Uh, Arthur Kaluma, very, very good player. He's going to be a potential lottery pick maybe, a uh, versatile guy. But the big get, Baylor Shireman from South Dakota State, averaged 16, a knockdown shooter. Remember, this, is, this was one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country in South Dakota State. As a team, they shot over 40% from three. Not only that for Shireman, he can... Be your floor general. He can run point. He can handle the ball. He's 6'6". He's got size. He's got length to be a good defender. This was one of the most coveted transfer pickups in all of college basketball. And I know he comes from a mid-major school like South Dakota State, but do not be fooled by that. Baylor Shireman is the real deal. He's a lefty. He's very crafty. And again, he's such a good shooter. Um, And the fact that he's going to be the small 40, you're obviously going to have Ryan Nemhard. Uh, control the ball, run point, um, but he's a guy that you can give the ball to to go to work in crunch time to go get you a bucket. I love this starting five for Creighton. I think it's going to be tough because the Big East just loves to beat up on each other all the time, um, but getting your team healthy is going to be really, empo- really important uh, because they have a lot of firepower, and you know, nice to see Creighton kind of back in the mix. They've always been a fun team to watch, even gave Kansas a run for their money in the tournament, um, so I think that's a, ke- a team to keep uh, your eye on. Uh, Baylor Bears, uh, they're reloading a little bit. Adam Flagler returns. LJ Cryer returns. Keontae George from IMG going to be really, really good. He's number six in the top 100. So I think those three guys alone makes the team really competitive. Uh, but getting Jonathan uh, Chamwa Chachua uh, is going to be uh, a big get for them because he was injured at the end of last season. Did not play against UNC in the tournament. I think he would have made a big difference, but a nice versatile big coming off your bench or starting. Uh, I think that's a guy that you need, especially with uh, Meyer uh, transferring from Baylor. They're gonna need him to fill out that front court. Um, but with the three guards in place, this team's gonna be competitive in in the Big Twelve yet again. Uh, UCLA, I think, took a step back. No juicing, um, No Jules Bernard. Peyton Watson not coming back, but you do get Amari Bailey. I mean, Bronny's teammate, um, over in California and he's number five in the, uh, in his class. And then obviously with him, uh, Tiger Campbell, the team will be competitive. I just don't know about top 10. I think, uh, if Jules Bernard came back, I think that would have been the big difference. Um, obviously Juzang was, uh, on his way out trying to get to the, get to the league, which he should have gone a year early, should have capitalized on that tournament run. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see how UCLA does. Arkansas, a very intriguing team. They have a lot of good recruits coming in. Nick Smith, Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh, all in the top 15. This is going to be a very young team, very different than the teams that Eric Musselman has had in the past. Uh, You know, Jalen Williams, JD Notte, um, those guys were pretty experienced. And uh, I feel like these Arkansas teams recently have been you know more senior class uh a bit older this is gonna be a new thing for muscleman i'm i'm intrigued to see how he how he does with it with a very young this gotta be one of the most young talented teams kind of behind duke i would say even in the same ballpark as duke um and then also bringing in some some transfers um and losing losing some of your key players from last year this is going to be a very new arkansas team i'm actually really interested to see how they do um, gonna go through 11 through 15. Um, Texas is at 11. Art Auburn at 12. Tennessee 13. Villanova 14. Indiana 15. Uh, I'll give a team that really uh, I'm not too high on, and then a team that I think uh, could end up higher than this at the end. Uh, Auburn, I'm not really feeling. Uh, I don't like Wendell Green, Katie Johnson. I know they average 12 points per game. Not saying they're bad players. I just don't think that's enough to be a top 12 team in the country. You lose Walker Kessler, defensive player of the year in the country. Obviously, Jabari Smith, uh, number three overall pick in the draft. But I just don't think this team will have enough like they did last year for the to contend in the SEC. Uh, you do get Johnny Broom from Moorhead State, average 17 last year. That's a big pickup. But I, I think not having the quality in the front court like he did last season to go with some very suspect guard play. Wendell Green did not help out Auburn's case at all. I thought he was very shot happy. Uh, some pretty bad shot selection. I, I'm, I'm not high on Auburn whatsoever. Now, on the other side, I think Indiana is going to be one of the teams to beat in the Big Ten. Bringing back Trace Jackson Davis, average 18 last year, is is huge, obviously, for this team. Going to be one of the best players in the country. I think it was a great decision for him to come back. Uh, Xavier Johnson, he's back running the point, average 12 a game. He got Race Thompson in the front court, 11 points per game. And I just think this, just like with UNC, this is a core that had a very strong end to the season last year, you know, um... You, you made it to the tournament, uh, how to win a game against Wyoming to uh, for the, like the play-in or first round, as they call it, uh, as as a 12. And I just think the core coming back to keep building on what they have with your star player, with your uh, starting point guard, I think this is a really good recipe um, for Indiana to be at the top of the Big Ten. And not only that, Jalen Hood-Schiffeneau, number 24, and he has been top 100. So... um you get a top 25 recruit in there to in, in the mix, that's really going to help out Indiana. Obviously, keep in mind with all these recruits, don't know too much about them. I only know a couple, uh, but just the fact that getting a, a high recruit in there, getting some youth in with the experience, I think is a good recipe. So keep that in mind when I mention these freshmen. Um, Some other teams. So we got Arizona 16, TCU 17, Oregon 18, Alabama 19, Virginia at 20. I'm going to do the same thing as the last five. TCU, I think, is really underrated. I think this is going to be a very good team. I think this team, if I had a team that would, not a Cinderella run, but a team kind of as a 4-5 seed maybe in the tournament that could make some noise in the Elite Eight Final Four, I think TCU is the team. Why is that? They're bringing back their entire starting five pretty much. Mike Miles, amazing point guard. He averaged 15 a game. I think he's awesome. Eddie Lampkin went beast mode in that game against Arizona, uh, Chuck O'Bannon, he did the same thing, he averaged nine a game last season, the numbers don't pop off the paper from last season, but just seeing how they played against Arizona, which was a top three team in the country at that time, and it took some heroics from Benedict Matherin to knock him off, hitting a three uh, to send the game to overtime, some huge offensive rebounds from him, TCU is going to be a, be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, again, bringing Damian Ball back 10 points a game. Uh, you get some transfers. You get Rondell Walker from Oklahoma State. If anyone remembers him, he was a nice player next to Cade Cunningham uh, when they were a four seed in the tournament. They also got a four star recruit named PJ Haggerty. So uh, I'm very big on teams returning their starting lineup, but it's not just that, it's how they played at the end of the season. TCU loves to be upset, uh, uh, make upsets happen in the Big 12. They love to just knock out a team whenever they can, but the fact that they're bringing back everyone and you got your best player back, that's a big thing. Mike Miles coming back, going to be one of the best guards in college basketball. Keep an eye out for TCU. I'm calling it. And then the team that I'm just not... It, it's kind of the same thing for them with the starting lineup coming back, but that makes me not convinced on them. is going to be Virginia. They got their entire starting five coming back. You got KiA Clark, Reese Beekman, Uh, In the backcourt, Armand Franklin. Uh, Jaden Gardner was their leading scorer, 15 a game. Very good player. Uh, Caden Shedrick at the center spot. But I just don't see the offensive firepower here. Watching them play, and I know, again, this is a core that can grow together and get better offensively, but with how Virginia plays, we know they're an elite defensive team. We know they're going to grit and grind and keep teams to under 50 to 60 points. But Kihei Clark, I think, is too passive of a guard. I don't believe in Reese Beekman, Beekman's ability to create off the dribble. Armand Franklin is really, really uh, streaky. Jaden Garter is your only consistent guy. Now, you do get Ben Vanderplas over from Ohio. He actually beat Virginia when he was with uh, Jason Preston uh, in that 13-4 upset a couple years back. But just like I love TCU's court coming back because of how they ended, I don't like Virginia's court coming back because of how they ended? I don't think they played great basketball uh, throughout the entire season, and then they just got rocked by the Tar Heels in the ACC tournament, kind of ending their season. I just, I, I if they had a more dynamic guard offensively, I would be more sold. Maybe Armand Franklin takes a takes a big leap. Uh, maybe Beekman takes a leap offensively, but this is going to be, in my opinion, a, a pretty mediocre ACC team. I don't see them being in the top twenty five. And then to round it out, you got San Diego State at 21, Texas Tech at 22, Dayton 23, UConn 24, and then Illinois at 25. Illinois, I think, is also a team to to reach out for. They obviously lose some guys. Jacob Granderson, like I said, went to Duke. Kofi Coburn going to the NBA. Uh, Trent Frazier, uh, who seemed to be playing for about six, seven years. Uh, He is no longer able to play. Obviously, he ran out of eligibility. But the transfers they got. Terrence Shannon. And Matthew Meyer, I think, can really make this team different. I love Terrence Shannon. He's aggressive. He looks to score. I know, got to work on the, on the shot a little bit. But at Texas Tech, where is a very balanced offense, a lot of guys who can score but not one specific guy, I think Shannon can thrive in Illinois' system. Same with Meyer. Meyer's a very good shooter. And I just think we saw his potential at Baylor and saw the role that he played, but he can do more. He's actually a pretty good defender for his size. Watching him against UNC, I thought he was really solid. Can draw some charges, obviously shoots the three-ball wall, and I think in a more prominent role, he can for sure average 13 to 16 points a game. Same with Terrence Shannon. Uh, I just question the the rest of the guys, their bench on uh, if it can fill out. RJ Melendez uh, coming back, had a pretty nice uh, game in, in, in the tournament. Sky Clark is a top 25 recruit for them as well, can fill in at the guard spot. Um, But I just think those two transfers, they they can really make some noise, I I think, if they start playing together really well. So keep the fighting Illini uh, in line. Uh, And then looking at the rest of the list, uh, you know, UConn's going to be pretty good. Uh, Getting uh, Adama Sinogo back is going to be huge. But yeah, that's kind of my breakdown of of the list, looking at these teams. Um, I'm really big. Uh, Aside from Virginia's case on bringing your core group of guys back, not saying that Virginia will just get worse, but I just think they won't get as much better as I think like Indiana or TCU. Um, But this is obviously way too early, like it says in the article. Just want to preface all of the information that I have talked about in this episode is from that ESPN article. Go check it out. Just want to give them the credit. Obviously, my breakdown of the players is from me, but the stats and the information and the players who went in and out is from the ESPN article. So I just want to give them their credit. Um, we all love some good ESPN articles. They do a great job there. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Love talking college basketball. I definitely missed it when I wasn't uh, able to do it last semester because of, uh, you know, my job uh, in sports extra, having to talk about it on the show that kind of filled up the time. But trust me, with college sports coming back in the fall and heading into the winter with college basketball underway, we got college football, we got soccer, we got field hockey. I'm going to be on a college sports spree, as you could say. Uh, I just, I love college sports. I've gotten so into it again, not just football and basketball, but almost every sport. Uh, and I think this is kind of a good way for me to get reintroduced to talking about it on the podcast because my last episode for this podcast uh, regarding college basketball was after unc's loss to duke in the dean dome losing by 20 one of the most embarrassing losses i feel like i've been a part of uh but how times can change it's crazy uh that's the thing about college basketball you can flip it around so fast uh unc is a great example of that there's so many teams out there with so many good players um and surely when this list comes back around maybe i'll do an update episode but again hope you guys enjoy this episode talking college basketball um We'll talk some NFL in the future. We'll see what goes on with Kevin Durant. And obviously, once we get closer to some college sports and college football coming back, we will be talking about UNC athletics. And I'm super stoked for it. Again, thank you so much for listening. And I'll speak to you next time.